Hey, God bless you, and it's great to have you here. Welcome to another episode of Rediscovering Biblical Femininity, a podcast with the goal of teaching the younger women to get to know the true design that Jesus Christ has for his daughters. My name is Fedora, an ex-feminist who is now a born-again Christian by grace through faith in Jesus. God has put it on my heart to speak about true biblical femininity using his word. Today, we'll be discovering what feminism is and how it has negatively impacted society from a biblical perspective. So, you've ever wondered what feminism is? I know I have. It's something that can be put into, it's like an umbrella term. But today we're going to dive deep and just get to know what feminism is and how it has negatively impacted society from a biblical perspective. All right, so let's start off with the main points or like the key features of the feminism movement. All right, so what is feminism? Feminism is described as belief in and advocacy of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes, expressed especially through organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests. And this is based on the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It sounds pretty, it sounds like a pretty solid, you know, umbrella term, umbrella definition of what feminism is, okay? So this is a pretty solid definition. But going deeper into that, feminism is based on an idea that society is dominated by men. If you're going into the branches of society, it all is based on this, on this idea that women are oppressed and that men have kind of like the upper hand um, in society. So feminism is based on an idea that society is dominated by men and needs to be changed. And that's where feminists would say feminism comes in. Feminism desires for men and women to be, and I say this in quotes, equal in value and in role in society. Feminism seeks to create a woman-dominated society. That's what some feminists would say. Other feminists would disagree with that. Feminism seeks to stray from traditional views, meaning Christian views, of men and women, such as women being housewives and stay-at-home mothers, to being workers and innovators. Men are moving on this, um, this kind of road uh, of society men are moving from being strong and masculine to becoming more feminine feminists believe that women are not treated the same as men in society Uh, like i said before feminism is rooted in this there's this inequality uh, in, in between the genders i mean if there if feminists did not believe this then Feminism would no longer be feminism. They believe that women are oppressed in society due to the patriarchy. Feminists advocate for equality. And I say that in quotations. Um, Like I said before, there are many branches of feminism. Many feminists believe that women are one just one branch to name. Many feminists believe that women are condemned for what they wear. Like they believe if it's true, if it's true revealing, they feel that society objectifies them. 
Um, however, they feel that men can be actively sexual but not condemned. Um, they believe that women have long been subjected to sexual objectification by men. Um, many cultures still cling to the notion, well, uh, this is what feminists believe. Um, and I read an article um, by an author by the name of Lewis, um, and, he, and, and, and he was just stating that many cultures still cling to the n notion that women must dress so as to not arouse men. So we can see that he's he's a feminist, um, and and he says in in many societies women are required to fully cover their bodies. Um, misogyny is also a key feature of feminism, and it is uh, and according to Merriam-Webster dictionary, it is the hatred of or aversion to or pre prejudice against women. All right, <laughs> so just a few more points of what the key features of feminism is feminists are against gender roles so we see in society something that for many people feminists is offensive and this is gender roles gender roles are the roles ordained to a specific gender feminists are against gender roles <laughs> Liberal feminists are linked with a desire to abolish gender roles completely. They want to completely abolish it. They, they don't want a line between genders. They just want it to be complete, like, like just, just no, no, no distinction. Uh, and uh, many feminists, are partic and particularly um, liberal feminists, feel that human beings cannot develop their true potential until they live in a society where men and women have complete equality. And what is equality for feminists? No distinction whatsoever. One solution to this problem for feminists is to abolish gender roles completely or to value social and legal norms because they promote gender neutrality. Um, because actual gender roles are shaped by patriarchy, the elimination of gender roles will open up possibilities for human emancipation and this is what an author by the name of Bogdan wrote in their article. Um, feminists believe that the communication needs to be changed. Um, they also believe that certain words that describe men and women need to be completely changed in order to achieve their viewpoint of equality. All right so we've just went over the key features of feminism. We know that feminism is this kind of this advocacy for equality, what these feminists view as equality. But we know that it's basically no distinction between the genders. That's what they thrive. That's what they strive to, to achieve. All right, so where did this come from, okay? Like, we, we have this idea. Where did this come from? What are the origins of feminism? So I'm going to give you the origins of feminism from, from from the early feminist thinkers, but then we're going to go back all the way to the beginning. We're going to go back all the way to the book of Genesis, and we're going to look at what truly is the start of the battle of the sexes. We're going to look at where this kind of competition, which is ungodly, came from. And why, wh where did this competition come from? It came as a result 
of sin. And we're going to look at that. We're going to look at that. All right. So the word feminist was first coined in Mary Wollstonecraft's book, A Vindication of the Rights of Women. This book is a feminist classic, and um, the, the feminist word was coined a century after it was published. The term first appeared in the 1870s in French as feminisme, which referred to women's emancipation. There are four historical waves of feminism. The first wave of feminism took place in the late 19th century and early 20th centuries, emerging out of an environment of urban industrialism and liberal socialist politics. The goal of this wave was to open up opportunities for women with a focus on suffrage. And this is what Rampton um, said in her article. The first wave is thought to have begun in the Seneca Falls Convention in 1848, where men and women came together for the cause of equality for women. Now, Rampton also said, um, the second wave began in the 1960s and continued into the 19 uh, in, into the 90s. Um, Rampton said, this phase began with protests against the Miss America pageant in Atlantic City in 1968 and 1969. Feminists parodied what they held to be a degrading cattle parade that reduced women to objects of beauty dominated by a patriarchy that sought to keep them in the home or in dull, low-paying jobs. And I quote, Rampton also went on to say the third wave of feminism began in the mid-90s and was informed by post-colonial and post-modern thinking. In this phase, many constructs were destabilized, including the notions of universal womanhood, body, gender, sexuality, and heteronormativity. And this is, and I quote, um, this is what Rampton said. Rampton also said, the fourth wave of feminism is still a captivating silhouette. A writer for Elle magazine recently interviewed me, Rampton of course, about the waves of feminism and asked if the second and third waves may have failed or dialed down because the social and economic gains had been mostly sparkle, little substance, and whether at some point women substituted equal rights for career and the atomic self. Women began working in the second wave of industrialism. Uh, and I quote, um, the advertise, well, I quote after self, um, the advertisements started to be aimed towards women. So like, so like basically what happened was um, women began working in the second wave of industrialism. Um, this was around the, the, the so, so after this happened, right? the advertisements started to be aimed towards women. So women be started working. Um, and around this time, household appliances that would aid in making household chores faster were created to make women be at home less and be at work more. So this is where we see the root of feminism. Feminists do not like the idea of housewives, uh, women staying at home, being mothers, being homemakers, actually Betty Friedman, who are going to learn more freedom, how, who are going to look, look into more, she actually uh, did really disliked the idea of being a homemaker and being a traditional wife. 
Um, and we see that that's actually what the Bible calls us to be, um, homemakers. Um, so we can really see that feminism tries to actually demolish and stray from traditional Christian views. Um, so now we're going to, so now we just looked at like the origins of feminism, the first, third, a second, third, fourth wave. Now we're going to look at the origin of feminism from a biblical perspective. Like I told you, we're going to look at feminism and we're going to look at how it began from the beginning. Okay. We're going to look at it from a biblical perspective. So from a Christian perspective, I believe that feminist feminism had its start way back. And I mean way, way back, thousands of years ago. I think feminism is not what it says it is. I think feminism is built on sin, like I told you before. Um, many women have a desire to rule over their husbands, and we see that. Many feminists uh, think, like, if, if you talk to a feminist about biblical headship, for example, which the Bible calls um, women to do, to submit to their husbands. Women don't like that. And so we can see this, we're, and, and, and like, we can see this. Um, so many women have a desire to rule over their husbands or be equal to them. Um, this is due to sin, which is where the feminist movement stems from. This worldly movement has robbed women of their true femininity. And this movement has started because if, if when we look at when we take a look at the book of Genesis, Eve, the first woman who was created, listened to the serpent. And disobeyed God. God told Eve, God told Adam, he told Adam, not Eve, to not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, lest he should die. And Eve disobeyed God. And Adam disobeyed God. And as a result, sin entered the world and death entered the world. So feminism is built on sin. And I'm going to, and I'm going to show you how. In the Garden of Eden, because Eve sinned, she was cursed with the desire to rule over her husband. Just look at the book of Genesis. We can see it clearly verse by verse. Which The book of Genesis describes the creation of the world and mankind. This book also describes the fall of humanity and the curses given to Adam, his wife, and the devil. So the first temptation of humanity was to try to be like God or to change the creation chronology, the creation order. Okay, so we know what the creation order is because of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. And this is what it reads. And this is going to tie in, okay? But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the, head of the, and, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. The Bible tells us what the creation order is, okay? In Genesis... God gives Eve her curse after she sins against him. And God says, And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Okay? So let me tell you something. So in the beginning, in Genesis, we can see when God creates Adam first. God creates Adam first. He creates Adam first. Okay? And after he creates Adam, he creates Eve to be Adam's helper. Okay? Eve disobeys God. And she gives the fr and she gives the f he, she gives the fruit to Adam. 
And because of this, sin enters the world. Now, I want you to see something. Adam was created first. Okay? Adam was created first. And we know in the Bible, we see in the Bible, in the New Testament, that God ordained for the man to be the head. We, we just read over it, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. God ordained for the man to be the head of the household, to be the head of his wife. Okay? We see that God gives this curse to Eve. She's going to desire, because she sinned, she's going to desire to now rule over her husband. There's going to be now this, like, battle of the sexes. There's going to be this competition between the sexes. The woman is going to want to rule over her husband. But guess what? When in the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it was perfect. It was literally heaven on earth. It was paradise. It was the garden. We, we read, it, it, was, it was beautiful. And God still had these gender roles established. If you, you know what I'm saying? God still had these gender roles established even back in the garden. Even back in the garden, God had gender roles established. That's just how he ordained it. That's how he wanted it. He knew that if, if the man and the woman followed these gender roles, it would be harmonious. And as soon as the man t st stepped into this submission and he started being submissive to his, to his wife, because the man should have been, the Adam should have been the spiritual leader and been like, Eve, no, that's not what you're going to do. You're not going to, you're not going to eat from that fruit. God said you're going to die if you eat from that fruit. But the minute Adam started be, started, started reversing the roles that God, or, you, you see what I'm saying? The minute Adam started reversing these gender roles, that is when sin entered the world. The minute Adam and Eve disobeyed God, sin and death entered the world. What are we seeing in feminism right now? We are seeing this kind of desire to, to have this reversal of gender roles. Men are becoming feminine, and women are becoming masculine. And this is just not how God ordained it. And this is not equality. This is corruption. This is sin. So since the beginning of the world, women have been cursed with the desire to rule over their husbands due to the disobedience of Eve in the Garden of Eden. This desire has led to feminists feeling offended when a person says men do something more efficient than women. We have seen this desire in all history. Women wanting to have the same roles as men is now being celebrated by both men and women. We have been confused and have thought that we're getting to this place that's better, where everyone is equal, but this is only getting worse and this will continue to get worse because this world is passing away. Now, the tempter, the one that tempted Eve, the serpent, his plan all along was to rob the man and woman. Imagine, the man, listen, we know from the Bible that the man and the woman, they were in paradise before the fall. They were in, they were in, they were in fellowship with God. Like, it was perfect. It was perfect because God's will, it, it was 
it it was perfect, you know? And and the serpent wanted to rob the man and the woman, but that's not what God wants for us. The Bible says the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. We are equal in value before the cross, but different in the roles he designated to us. Women are women are do not have the same roles as men. Men do not have the same roles as women. Men are to be, men are to provide and protect and women are to be homemakers. And that's just how God ordained it. So Genesis chapter 3 verse 16 means that we as women have been cursed to want to have control over men, which is a curse because in the Garden of Eden before the fall, before sin, biblical headship was present and it was harmonious between the man and the woman because before the woman disobeyed, she was submitted to the will of God and submitted to her husband. When the woman became a transgressor, this changed. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, because he knew no sin, became sin to re- and became sin to redeem those under the law, we're set free from that curse. Okay? So, we've kind of, we've, we've seen how, uh, we've seen the origin of feminism. We've gone all the way back to the book of Genesis, and we've seen, okay, where has this root, where, where did this start? It started because of sin. It started because of sin. Women, like, like there's this, like, there's this, it's, it's all because of sin. It's all because of sin and death. But that's not what, God doesn't want this, this confusion that feminism brings. He doesn't want that for his children. Um, so now let's get on to the key thinkers of feminism, the key thinkers of feminism. All right. So in the book, 51 key feminist thinkers, um, and I quote, this is what it says. Key figures include Simone de Beauvoir, Doris Lessing, Toni Morrison, Cindy Sherman, Octavia Butler, Marina Warner, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Chantelle uh, Ackerman, Betty Friedan, Audre Lorde, Margaret Fuller, Sappho, and Adrian Rich. And I quote. So um, we, these are just some a few key thinkers that contributed to the advancement of the feminist movement, right? Um, so let's just let's just think. Let's just uh, go into some of them. So Rachel Spett. Um, was a feminist who influenced the feminist movement. She was the first woman known to publish a fem- uh, a pamphlet for women's rights in English under her own name. She also defended women's education, which is a feministic viewpoint, and many women and men in, t- in today's society see flaws in constitutional documents as the whole population were referred to as male. But she um, went about her, um, she kind of wrote, a pamphlet and like modeled the um constitute the the constitutions um in her own in her feministic way so this of course is a feministic viewpoint and Olympe de Gouges wanted to do something about it she wrote oh yeah 
sorry, I just, I just wrote some. She wrote the Declaration of the Rights of Women and the Citizen. This was modeled after the 1789 Declaration of the National Assembly. Mary Wollstonecraft, perhaps one of the most prominent feminists in history, wrote a vindication of the rights of women. Judith Sargent Murray is best known for the Gleaner, where she publicly put out her feministic views assuming a male identity. Federica Bremer was a writer who wrote about socialism and feminism. After a trip to the U.S., she wrote about her observations of women in the U.S. Elizabeth Cady Stanton aided in organizing the 1848 Women's Rights Convention. She threatened to leave if women were not given the right to vote. She also worked closely aside alongside Susan B. Anthony and helped write many of her famous speeches. Anna Garland Spencer was a feminist who was a female minister. She preached at her husband's church. She was active in many for reform movements and charities. Charlotte, um, and just to go back to Anna Garland Spencer, this, Spencer was actually one of the, one of the, she, she, I don't, she, she didn't help. She, she, because of what she did, she, she, she preached at a, at her husband's church. Now we see the rise of female pastors. And this is not biblical at all. Um, female pastors, this is not what God has called us to be um, as women. He's called us to teach the younger women, but he's not called us. It, it, we, we, uh, Anna Garland Spencer would literally preach sermons at her husband's church. She would literally preach sermons at her husband's church. Um, and this is, this is not biblical. This is not biblically literate. This is not sound doctrine this is false and we see that this she was a feminist herself and we see that how feminism literally corrupts and literally destroys and causes people to stray from biblical real christianity um um and to uh, and yeah uh next is charlotte perkins gilman she wrote a feminist utopia novel herland um, Crystal Eastman was a feminist who wrote her 1920 essay, Now We Can Begin, after the passage of the 19th Amendment. Simon Simone de Beauvoir was a French existentialist. She wrote her book, The Second Sex, a feminist classic as regarded by some. She, famous, she famously quoted, one is not born but rather becomes a woman. And lastly, we have Betty Friedan who is probably one of the most prominent feminists. Betty Friedan was a modern feminist who argued about women's role in the home and in the workforce. She was notable for advocating for more women in the workplace in order for them to be fulfilled in life. She thought that women could not find fulfillment in the home and being a mother, wife, homemaker, etc. She wanted to stray from the traditional Christian roles of women, homemaker, wives, mothers, etc., and wanted women to be like men. In one of her quotes, she questioned if femininity, if femininity should still be called femininity. And this is one of her quotes. When one begins to think about it, America depends rather heavily on women's passive dependence, their femininity. Femininity, if one still wants to call it that, makes American women a target and a victim 
of the sexual cell. And I quote. So these thinkers, you could just, by reading their quotes, you can see they were, they were hardcore feminists. You, can ju- you could just see it. Um, they wanted to strafe. They, they, they thought that, just like looking at Frieden, Frieden did not like the idea of women being homemakers. She, she thought that women could not find fulfillment if they were not doing the same as men. So how has feminism affected society? I would argue that feminism has had many negative impacts on society. We teach these ideas in school and have even made a designated Women's History Month. I was a feminist for a very long time. And let me tell you, it's not fulfilling. The feminist movement instilled within me an an attitude to try to be better than a man in everything that I did. It was draining. I would join sports to try to prove that girls are better than boys in sports. Now looking back, I know that the feminist movement invoked ideas that confused me about my own femininity. And I, I felt like femininity was trying to advocate for trying to be equal to men. And I never really understood true femininity, which is biblical femininity. And ultimately, the feminist movement, me being a feminist, made me dislike anything feminine. Being nurturing and being caring are just a few to name. The feminist movement has changed society as we know it. Some may say for the better and others for the worse. The feminism movement has negatively impacted society from a biblical perspective by invoking masculine characteristics in men, by making women feel insecure in their femininity, by giving an inner inaccurate description of submission and feminism is built on the foundation of the desire to rule over men and the body positivity movement. Feminism has developed within many women and now men as quote-unquote allies an impulse to be better at traditionally masculine activities or actions. Many feminists today will conclude that this is not true and that this is a result of archaic beliefs, but is it? Dale Partridge, the founder of Relearn.org, states that men and women have the same values, but different roles. Have the same value, but different roles. But why is this concept or ideology so opposed in the modern world? Feminism has sought to demolish gender roles and gender in itself. Feminism seeks to abolish the gender roles established due to the view of them being archaic and and unnecessary. This has negatively impacted society because it has confused so many of the differences between the two genders. This attempt to make the genders have no difference has confused many people. Theologian Dale Partridge, founder of Relearn.org, said this about feminism. I said this about the effects of feminism, I should say, and I quote, manhood or being attacked on two major fronts in our culture. Manhood is being attacked on two major fronts on our culture, excuse me. First, feminism seeks to eliminate all distinctions and authority of men, husbands, and fathers. Women can do everything that men can do, they shall. But just because they can do what men do doesn't mean that they should do what men do. The second front is through the gross lack of training and discipleship offered to boys in our culture. And I quote, Feminism has also brought about a distortion of submission and headship. Many feminists will cringe at the idea for wives to submit to their husbands. But this was an ordinary practice around the 1960s. 
Feminism seeks to destroy the design that Jesus Christ has for the godly family. And we see what the design, what the design is in Scripture. It is made clear in Scripture, in both the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, that there is a headship in marriage. Uh, there are distinction roles. There are distinct roles that the man and the woman have. When these are ignored or reversed, catastrophe happens. There isn't a real change that's being made to this world. Activists and feminists have been saying for thousands of years, oh, let's all try to be equal. And how do we know this? Because it started in the garden. When, when, Adam and, when Adam and Eve sinned against God. And we see nothing but the same sinful, broken world. Why? Because this world is fading away. Headship in marriage is detestable to feminists today. It goes against everything they stand for. However, just a couple decades ago, this was normal for a wife to submit to her husband. Doug Wilson, a theologian, says this about the negative impacts of feminism when applied to the family. And I quote, What happens is the bonds that tie people together begin to dissolve, and everything begins to fly apart in an, ar anarchi in an anarchistic way. The center cannot hold. Things begin to degrade, and nobody can figure out what we're supposed to do or be or say anymore. How can we be a civilized people when we don't even know what a boy is. We don't even know what a girl is. And I quote. Dale Partridge then went on to talk about gender roles in his interview. In the next question, we're going to talk about gender roles. It's like without those clarity points, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. This is what this is what Dale Partridge says. And I quote, in the next question, we're going to talk about on gender roles. It's like without those clarity points, it's like trying to play chess without rules. What are the purpose of the rules? It's to give you the ability to win. The brokenness of the family is often felt when we walk outside of our God-given gender roles. And now, in the egalitarian culture that we live in right now, the words gender roles are just straight up offensive. But God has a specific purpose for men and women and children. And I quote, Doug went on to say, and I quote, God assigned Adam to be the gardener of the Garden of Eden. As the gardener, he was to provide and protect, and secondly, to protect the garden, and we see this mostly in Adam's failure to do so. When the serpent comes, his role is to, is to provide and protect. Her role is, her meaning Eve, her role t is to tend the gardener. No, her role is to tend to the gardener is to tend the gardener. You see this in 1 Corinthians 11. That man that man was not made sorry. You see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. That man was not made for women, but woman for man. Their orientation is different. The man's orientation is to the mission and the woman's orientation is to the man. And I quote. Dale Partridge says, "This is really good, Doug, because what I'm thinking is this is pre-fall stuff this is pre-fall order this is how god had it in a sinless world which is basically heaven on earth and i quote doug then goes on to say about the gender roles and i quote chesterton had a theologian had a great poem where he says if i set the sun beside the moon and if i set the land beside the sea and if i set the town beside the country and if i set the man beside the woman i suppose some fool would talk about one being better and i quote doug said 
Right, it's not a competition. Men and women are not in a competition, or when they are, it's the result of sin. Their differences are creational feature intended to complement and fulfill one another. Doug then says, and I quote, define gender roles, where the husband provides and protects and the woman glorifies and protects what he does. To, to use the cliche that is highly offensive these days, he brings home the bacon. Dale then asked the question, and I quote, the culture is working hard to remove gender distinctions. Boys' clothes look like girls' clothes, and girls are now playing in men's NCAA football. Is it important to maintain gender distinction in the culture? If so, what purpose does it serve in upholding righteousness in the world? Doug then went on to say, and I quote, I think gender distinctions are crucial. You teach your sons to take out the garbage and you teach your daughters to do the dishes. Gender distinctions are a good catacomb way for us to learn gender roles. One of the ways you do this, and I quote, this is what he says, no, we don't do that. You're a little boy. We don't do that. And I quote, feminism is even taught in schools now. So as we see in this interview between Dale Partridge and Doug Wilson, these theologians can seem to agree that feminism seeks to corrupt society as a result of sin. Feminism is, is it, it's based on sin. This desire to, to be, to rule over, uh, over, this desire that women have to rule over their husbands is a result of sin. And people are becoming clueless as to how to act, what to say, and who to be. However, however, there is truth, and this is found in the Bible. As said by Partridge, men and women are equal in value, but different in roles. There's not a competition unless sin is not involved. There's not a competition unless sin is not involved. We see this in Genesis and in so much more. There's not a competition unless sin is involved. That's what I think I meant to say. Um, just ignore that sentence. Um, but yeah, feminism is built on sin. And the feminist movement seeks to disrupt the beautiful design of gender roles created by God. Feminism has left many women confused about their femininity, but seek Jesus in prayer and ask him to help you to understand what it means to... To, to understand that feminism has corrupted society.